coming to you live. If you don't know the drill by now, you should, because this is the last pod of 2019. For those of you who have been along with us for the ride, we thank you for being along for the ride. We ought to close this sucker down hot. Just come out of the gate swinging here. Let's get. Let's just get right on into it, Grace. Grace Ibrahim, by the way, back behind the glass from Jordan in the Middle East. Um, I got news for you, Grace. I got no idea where that is. It's one of those things where I, I, I've heard of Jordan. I just could not locate it on the map. So I, either way, we're happy to have you back behind the glass. I'm Big Game Bob on the ones and twos coming to you from whatever airwaves I'm coming to you from. Spotify, iTunes, car, radio, whatever it may be, we're here. This is episode, I don't know, I'm winging it now, Grace, I think 29. I kind of lost count. 30 would be the milestone, so if this is number 30, shame on me. You know, I listened to the last episode, the Cheesecake Factory episode, when we spoke with Brad from Cheesecake, Cheesecake Brad, the kind of get the ins and outs. I, you know, I was so fixated on how big their menu is that I kind of forgot to really ask the hard-hitting questions about Cheesecake Factory or even just the restaurant business in general. I mean, I had him at such a vulnerable position that the poor guy just quit his job and he was ready to just bash Cheesecake. I mean, you could hear it in the guy's voice. He was pissed off at Cheesecake Factory, and he put that thing on a silver platter for me. I just should have, if I could do it again, I would have dug in a little bit deeper, asked some more hard-hitting questions. I, again, I just, I, I was so fascinated with the menu, I wanted to ask those questions of how they're able to, to execute such a big menu that I didn't even realize how vulnerable the guy was at the time. He was ready to just dog him. You know, maybe even ask, like, what's the nastiest thing you've done and that you've seen in the kitchen? Nastiest thing you've seen a customer do? I mean, I, I just could have exploited Cheesecake Factory with Cheesecake Bread. Anywho, we're coming out of this thing all guns blazing. Let's just start right up on into it. Grace, I'm going to take this right into our sports segment, if you don't mind. The state of New Jersey has just totaled over... $1 billion in wagers placed within the first year of gambling being legalized in New Jersey. Sports gambling, that is. My reaction to that is, so what? Are you surprised? Did you ever doubt New Jersey, the great people of the Garden State? This is what we do. 12 years old, I was betting on Monday night football games. Walking through the high school collecting money or dishing out money, whatever it may be. I mean, it's just, it's in the blood. Everybody's gambling on sports, whether it was legalized or not. It's like the pot thing out here. People were smoking it, whether it was legalized or not. You might as well just capitalize on it. Boy, did the government just, just absolutely reap the benefits of this one. My goodness. I mean, I'm not surprised. Sports gambling, it's such a beautiful thing. And I got news for you. If you're doing it to win money, you're in the wrong place, believe it or not. As crazy as that may seem. Because you may have a good week. You may have a good month. Shit, you may even have a good year. When push comes to shove, you're going to lose. I hate to say it. 
The system's designed for you to lose. However, if you bet on sports for the reason that I do, you're in the right place and you're going to have the time of your life. I mean, to to watch Russell Wilson drive down the field down 10 for a meaningless drive with a minute left and cover your plus 3.5 spread while nobody else is watching the game because the game's already over, but you just hit your backdoor cover for 50 to to $100. Maybe take the gal out to a nice dinner after, thanks to Russell Wilson. That's why I do it. That's the beauty of it. Because the opposing team can score a touchdown. Yeah, game over, maybe for the team. But for big game Bob, I got Seattle plus three and a half. I still want to take this drive down the field, and I'm happy. That's the beauty of sports gambling. I'll bet on anything. Me and Cole Cuts the other day bet on the Cheez-It Bowl. Okay, college football. Some of these bowls are so ridiculous. There's like the Computer Tech Bowl, the Radio Shack Bowl. I bet on the goddamn Cheez-It Bowl. I had to cancel my plans because the Cheez-It Bowl was going on. Washington State and Air Force. You know, to see to see the Air Force Academy return a pick six with 30 seconds left to up 12 to cover your 16-point spread. That's the beauty of sports gambling. That's why we should all be doing it. I'll bet on anything. We were at a tie place the other night. I put an under over on how long it would take the busboy to clear the table. I shit you not. Ask Cuts. We were out with a couple people. I just leaned across the table. I go, hey, Cuts. Under over a minute, eight seconds for that busboy to clear the table. You know what Cuts' uh, response was? It was a beautiful response. He goes, I'll take the action, but are we betting on him to turn the table over or just clear the table? I said, let's just bet on the clear the table. If you want to bet the under over on him to turn the table over, that's going to be an under over at about two minutes and eight seconds. He's got to get the silverware, cups, it was a tie joint, so you got to get the chopsticks on there. You got to account for that time. This was just clear the table. So we're in this tie joint. Everybody's eating, having a good time. And there, there's these four degenerates, the only Americans in the place, betting on how long the guy will take to clear the table. And the beauty of it, you can't account for how long it's going to be. I could put the under over. I put the under over at a minute and eight, but you don't know what's going to happen within that minute and eight seconds. Is the bus boy going to bring help? Is there is there a second bus boy from the back that's going to affect the under over? Because if you got the under, you're thrilled to see that second bus boy coming. In our bet, 30 seconds in, it looked like he was going to clear this thing. I took the over, cold cuts took the under, it looked like it was a sure under, however, the phone rings for a to-go order, just so happens the bus boy is the guy taking the to-go orders, and you can't account for that, it was madness, so he's clearing this table, he's about halfway done, 30 seconds in, minute and 8 second under over, he's got to now take the to-go order phone call. So just when Cold Cuts now, who has the under, thinks he's screwed, another busboy comes from the back while this guy's taking the to-go order, clears that whole table down in a minute and four seconds, Joey Cold Cuts just hit the under. We were going apeshit in the restaurant, just nuts. 
you know, it, it was like we were at the Kentucky Derby the way we were watching this thing. It was hysterical. Nobody knew what was going on. We were going nuts. But that's the beauty of sports gambling. Don't do it to win money because you're not going to win money. Bet on something that's not going to affect your day. That if you lose, you're not going to be, you know, all upset about it for the next couple hours or throughout the day. Do something that's just going to get the juice flowing. That's all. That's all you got to do. Make it something ridiculous. The other day, it was Christmas Day. I bet the Celtics to win the opening tip-off against the Raptors on Christmas Day. Everybody's all excited with their family, drinking eggnog, run-wrapping presents. Big Game Bob's in his living room betting on who will win the opening tip of the Celtics-Raptors game. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's a fucking blast. So when I see over a billion dollars in bets in the state of New Jersey, not surprised at all. Keep fighting the good fight, my good Jersey folks. Hope you're doing okay over there on the East Coast. Anywho, moving on. So, Grace, I, I actually was in the market the other week for a cleaning lady. And look, people can call me lazy, whatever it may be, but the bottom line is everybody, every apartment, every house, every once in a while needs a cleaning lady. You, you, you gotta let the big dogs eat sometimes. I can clean. I do it. But you're not gonna get the deep clean that you would if you got a cleaning lady. My parents had it. I now have it. My family, it's, you know, we kind of pass it on throughout the generations. Every burger generation has their own set cleaning lady that they like. Not to come every week. Not to come every day. Come every, once every couple months. Just, just drop a quick 80 bones and get yourself a good deep cleaning. I mean that. I think every apartment, every house needs it. If you can afford it, every now and then, splurge a little. That was me splurging. And when I'm in the market for something, whether it be a barber, a cleaning lady, I like to let the whole neighborhood know. I don't know why. It's my thing. I'll talk about it on the podcast. When I'm in the market for something... I let it be known. So it's my turn now after moving out to Los Angeles to find a cleaning lady. I haven't had one in a full year. So I kind of asked around the block, you know, do you have a cleaning lady, whatnot? And the name that kept coming up was Rona and Nona. Thinking, what the fuck? Rona and Nona? Is it like a sister combination? I always like the sister combination because they always gel really well. You know, they know one knows to take the living room, one knows to take the kitchen. Like, they they have their own strategy. They, they, they just gel really well. It's like a quarterback who's worked with a wide receiver for 10 years. You just know the way he runs its routes. So I like the family cleaning combinations. I really do. It just meshes. You know, everybody's on the same page. You take the Windex, whatever it may be. You take the bleach. But when people would tell me about Rona and Nona, this was the third time that it came up from somebody on the block. And I said, wow, Rona and Nona are busy. But when they would tell me, it's like they didn't really want to give the information. They didn't really want to give out their connection. 
which made me to believe that this is this Rona and Nona, they don't fuck around. You know, they would kind of lean in. I'm like, yeah, I do have a cleaning lady. I was like, all right, who's a clean lady? Don't say anything, all right? It's like we were doing a drug deal. Two ladies by the name of Rona and Nona. She said, sounds legit. He goes, look, I'm going to give you a business card, all right? But keep this between us. I'm like, whoa, hold on one second. Are, are they dropping off a kilo or are they coming to clean the place? He said, just call that number. Now, their business card for Rona and Nona simply said Rona and Nona. Didn't say shit about cleaning. Rona, Nona, plain white business card, black writing, and a phone number. No email, no fax, no nothing. Rona and Nona, 310, whatever the hell it was. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this Rona a call. And you know what? If I can't get a hold of Rona, maybe Nona's around. So I call the card. She answers the phone. I go in through this whole big spiel. You know, I kind of wanted to feel around. I said, Rona, you know, I'm new to the neighborhood. I, I really look into to invest and, and, spl- and splurge a little bit on the cleaning lady. And I think it's that time, you know, in my life that I make this step. I do, I do basic cleanups myself, but I can't get that good deep clean that I've been looking for. She didn't give a shit. All she said was full servicio. I said, okay, um, all right. Full service, I'll take that. Um, Yeah, I'm just, Rona, I'm really looking forward to taking this next step. When do you think you can come by? She pauses and she goes, full servicio. I said, okay, Rona, this is getting a little ridiculous here. You got to give me a little more than what you're giving. That's all she would say was full servicio. So I called my friend and I said, look, all Rona's saying is full servicio. I can't pick out a date with her or anything. At least tell me how much money it's going to be. He said $200. I said $200? $200? Rona and Nona aren't cleaning the White House, okay? Does this does this go off of square footage? I, I mean, I, I, I've I never heard of that. $200, that's a fortune. So he ends up communicating the call. And he ends up getting me an appointment for Wednesday. She comes by on Wednesday. Okay, I don't know what to expect. Am I getting Rona? Am I getting Nona? $200, I couldn't believe it. So I go, 8 in the morning, right away, knock on the door. I opened that door, little did I know, Rona had some friends with her. Rona and Nona brought in a family of five. There was five people surrounding my apartment that's maybe, it's a, you know, an average one-bedroom apartment. I don't know, 1,200 square feet, if that. They came in with all types of supplies that you wouldn't believe. Cleaning product that I've never seen like third-party cleaning products. She practically had a big fucking Zamboni the way she's just moving and grooving about the living room. They don't even say hello. They just got right on to the action. You show them the catch, full servicio. And, you know, my mom, when we had a cleaning lady, I always gave her a hard time because anytime the cleaning lady was coming, it was like companies coming over. She would always panic. 
Like, Robbie, you got to put your clothes away. You got to you gotta do this. Put your dishes away. I said, Ma, that's why the cleaning lady's coming. I never understood it. She would just, just scamper, just in a frenzy before the cleaning lady came. I never got it. I never understood till I got my own cleaning lady. It, it's your job as the, the, the customer to kind of clear the way for the cleaning lady. You know? Make it easy to move about the cabin. It's not the cleaning lady's responsibility to know where you put your certain things. So you got to kind of guide her. You're like an offensive lineman. All Rona and Nona need is a lead blocker. And I get it. Before 8 a.m., I woke up. I started cleaning things a little bit just to clear the lane for them. It's true. And then make it as easy for them as possible to get down and dirty. You're like an offensive lineman. Just take her through that second level. Give her a little bit of an opening. She'll take it from there. Once she gets into the secondary, it's her responsibility to be able to get by the safety. Whether it's a juke move, whatever it may be, clear the lane for them. So, Ma, I I get that. And if you're listening right now, I understand the frenzy before the cleaning lady would come. I totally get it as an adult now. I really do. You should have seen them. It, it was the best $200 I've ever spent the way Rona and Noni were just going about this cleaning. I, I, I shit you not. There was five of them. Usually when the housekeeper comes, you kind of got to play the cat and mouse game. You're in the living room. She's in the kitchen. You kind of keep an eye when she's going to be done in the kitchen because you know she's coming to you next. So when she makes her way to the living room, you scamper on over to the bedroom. Then she starts to finish in the living room. She comes bedroom. You scamper over to the kitchen and just hang out. Finally, you just find yourself in the laundry room, just twiddling your thumbs, just passing time. Just to stay away from them. You just want to let them do their thing. You don't. You, they don't want to be bothered. And if you have nothing to do, you hang around the house. The, the ideal thing is to leave the house, let them do their thing. Five of them in my apartment. The best deep clean... I have ever had. There was one of them at one point that opened my Madden PlayStation disc. So she opened the cover. She was cleaning the disc. So Madden would run more smooth for me. It's never run smoother than it has now. I mean, she literally would spray some type of shit that she had and clean the disc. Call of Duty, cleaning it. My PS4 got a deep cleaning. It was fascinating. Rona and Nona absolutely took over the best $200 I've ever spent. Really was. I'm telling you, it was like a Zamboni, this thing that she had, that she was motoring it around the living room. My patio, my balcony, it's like concrete. She was vacuuming the concrete. That's unheard of. But anyway, Rona and Nona, fantastic job. Um, actually, I went ahead and booked them for mid-February. So uh, they got an open slot there. If you need a connection, you let me know. Rona and Nona, I look forward to seeing you then. Anywho, Miss Grace Ibrahim, let's go ahead and keep this episode 29 Brilliantly Dumb Show podcast moving on. Grace, I was at the Beverly Center the other day, and, and this place was just a mobbed. Yeah, it's a big mall, but the place was just an absolute zoo. I just had to go into Target. 
That's the worst. When you're going to a place where they're, you, you know, a simple target, whatever it may be, and there's a parking garage, it just makes the whole thing so much more complicated. It makes it seem so much more worse. You know? It, like, imagine going to a 7-Eleven and rather than just going right into the parking lot, you just zoop right on in, you're in, you're out. You got a whole parking garage where you got to click for a ticket. You got to get the stamp validated. It just makes it so much more worse than it needs to be. The whole theory of just the parking garage. You know when you first come in, you you know there's going to be no spots because it's just too good to be true. Sometimes if I even see a spot on the first floor, I don't even go in it because, again, I just think it's too good to be true. I think it's a trap. You know, maybe it's like a 20-minute lot or something. I just I just zoom up right up to the fourth or fifth floor. I don't care where I am. Just get me parked. But the thing is, I couldn't find parking. It was it, with the holidays. It was just a disaster. So I, I really thought about when you're in one of these parking lots or parking garages, eventually you just give up and you got to go with the follow technique where when you don't find any spot anywhere, there's just nothing there where you find the first sight of life walking through the parking garage and just hope to God that they're going to their car. So you kind of just tail behind them, but you tail behind them and you you kind of really survey them and get get a feel for if they're done with their shopping or not. First thing is facial expression. Do they have shopping bags in their hand? Are they going to the car? And then you take that spot. But you want to trail a certain distance enough to where it's not too creepy. And then the worst is when they turn around and they see that you're following them. I don't even like to roll my window down and ask if they're going to be leaving so I could take their parking spot. I just keep it up and just hope for the best. And that that's at the worst. You know, that's last resort. Can't find the spot anywhere. You got to use that trail technique. But the people that I really don't understand, Grace, are the ones that back up into their parking spot. I'll never under understand the logistics of that. I Seriously, I would love to get mathematics on. I, I've had this argument with numerous people. I just don't trust people that back into their parking spot. They say, well, it makes it easier on the way out. That's always their argument. But how hard is it just to back up and then take a quick turn? If I'm parking and I got to back up into my spot, I got to go a little bit past the spot. I got to turn the neck a little bit, spin that vertebrae, and back into my spot. It's a lot more manual labor to back into a spot rather than just plow right on in. And then on the out, it's a quick backup and you're out of there. It, it's one of the all-time classic arguments, but I have such a firm stance on this. It's like Taylor Ham or Pork Roll. It's Taylor Ham and the story. Is it easier to back into a, sparking spot, a parking spot or just go face forward? Face forward all day long. Yeah, your out may be a little bit quicker. It's not going to be by much. And my in is going to be a lot faster than your in. You're going a little past the spot. You're K-turning that thing, spinning the wheel. Got to check the, line up the lines once or twice rather than just front on in. 
I just hate parking garages. But I want to get the people's stance. I hope they DM me about this. I want to know, is it easier to back into a parking spot quicker out or face forward on the way in little bit slower of an out? I'll take the pulling in face forward any day of the week. And sometimes when I'm being trailed on this whole trailing technique, what I like to do is throw them off their game a little bit, get them to bite on the play-action fake. I'll take my bags and then just drop them in the car just to lighten the load for my shopping and then right back to it. So I'll have a guy trailing me from the second floor all the way up to the fourth just to hit him with the play-action fake. Put the bags in the car, I'm right back at it. He's got to take another loop around. Get the linebackers to bite in a little bit. Another football reference for you. I'm a football guy. Just something to think about. Something I want to throw out there on episode 29. I have a firm stance on this parking thing. Face forward in and worry about the out when you get to the out. Right? Fuck it. Moving on. Well, Grace, we got to do two things before we can truly... Close out the year of 2019 the right way. That first thing is letting the fine people of the Brilliantly Dumb Show know that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by none other than, say it with me now, folks, Windex. Whip it, wipe it, clean it, spray it, slap it. I put that shit on just about everything here in my household. Yes, Everything Windex. Second part here to close out 2019 would not be complete. If we didn't ask you here for a little bit of a drum roll, please. It's the ass segment for the last time here. Week by week, Tuesday by Tuesday, I tell you folks, send it on into the ass bob segment. Anything you're curious about, ask Bob. Anything you want to know about, ask Bob. Anything you think you know but want clarification on, ask Bob. File on into the DMs. Doing so today. Is Brett Underwood out of Fairfield, Connecticut? Brett would like to know, Bob, who would you consider the most likable sports personalities there is? Now, I love this question. I thought this was awesome. The best way to, to, to go about it is not to... I, I, I wouldn't say not to do the, the most well-liked athletes because then you're going to think of them as what they're doing on the field. What I, what I really want to do here is sports personalities. So top five people that you can't not like. You know, You just have to like them. Regardless of what team you you cheer for, whether they're in your division, rivals or not, somebody you just have to like in sports. So for that top five, we're going to list it off. Five, four, three, two, one. One being the most likable figure in sports. Number five. To get this thing going, number five, I'm going to give to Peyton Manning. Gotta like the guy. He's got that southern drawl, which always helps anything. Absolutely crushes every single commercial he's ever been. 
unbelievable of a quarterback. I mean, it's hard for a quarterback to be that good on the football field and then be that good in commercials and that funny in commercials. Again, Southern Drawl eases the pain on anything. Have to like Peyton Manning at number five. Number four, Jesus' own Tim Tebow. This guy spends more time in the hospital and church than he does the football field. Had the balls to try out for the minor leagues, went ahead and did so, and to be quite frank, didn't do that bad. You know, Jesus Christ really isn't supposed to pick favorites, but in this case, he just did, making Tim Tebow the chosen one. This guy is as good as it gets. Just such an unbelievable character. I mean, Tim Tebow is, I don't know if you'll ever find as good of a guy as you're going to find in Tim Tebow. He's the All-American, good-looking, muscular, sports, church, whatever it may be, Tim Tebow in the four spot. In the three hole, I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Why? Because he doesn't speak enough to not like him. You have no choice but to like him. You can't pick out one thing Kawhi Leonard has ever said in his career that has any sort of controversy to it. He's an unbelievable basketball player, and he's a fascinating creature. He really is. Everything's internaled with Kawhi Leonard. By the way, Kawhi Leonard, friend of the pod. Tim Tebow, indeed. Friend of the pod. Peyton Manning, friend of the pod. Frederick Douglass, friend of the pod. Joe Namath, indeed, friend of the pod. Curtis Martin, former Jet, indeed, friend of the pod. Let's keep this moving here, though. So we got Kawhi Leonard at three. Peyton Manning, five. Tim Tebow, four. Kawhi Leonard, three. Number two is going to be the Big Diesel. The Big Daddy Shaquille O'Neal. This guy is anywhere and everywhere, whether it's sports, entertainment, music, doesn't matter. He's DJing. He's at Coachella. He's in mosh pits. He's getting his doctorate's degree. He's all over the place. He's in commercials. He's coming on radio shows. He does it all. Now, you may have the hardcore Kobe fans that still have some animosity to the guy. That's ridiculous. I don't have time for that. Neither does Kobe, and it definitely doesn't Shaq. I mean, let, let, let's get over that. Shaquille O'Neal is as likable of a guy as it gets. He is friggin' hilarious. And what that does is it sets us up for the number one most likable sports personality this one, to me, is a no-brainer. You know, I, I, I think two through five can get tricky, and you're going to have different opinions. Maybe throw Roger Federer in there. Some would say Tiger Woods in there. Phil Mickelson, maybe. Me, number one, no-brainer, Marshawn motherfucking Lynch. This dude is just returned to the NFL, the best thing that could have happened to the NFL. He's a walking meme without even trying to be. I, I mean, did you screw the other day he scored a touchdown for Seattle in his return? The entire stadium was throwing skittles on the field. 
because of his affiliation with how much he likes Skittles. He he you know he he's a what thirty three years old, maybe older. I don't know. I don't care. I hope the guy never retires. He's the best. Rare to get him to smile when you do. Absolutely lights up the room. What he did in these press conferences leading up to the Super Bowl, a lot of old people would say, "Ah, oh, now screw him. You got to face the media. He's not, you know, the you know why I'm here." I mean, that was just an exceptional time. Something I'll never forget. I love me some Marshawn Lynch, as should you. That's top five. What an unbelievable question for the Ask Bob segment. Next question here, though, for the Ask Bob segment as we close out 2019. And the next question here is coming from Patrick Kleinwax, that is. Of Charleston, South Carolina, Bob, big friend of the pod, I wanted to get your take on what your personal favorite episodes have been. Uh, You know, Kleinwax, that's a great way to close out the show. Man, um, you know, I, I think in the beginning, like when I first started with the podcast, I, I, the audio is so bad. Not to say that it's crystal clear now, but it's hard for me to listen to the first few just because with the makeshift mic I'm using. and But it, it's fun to see it kind of progress. But I would say the episodes I enjoy doing the most all come from, you know, favorite d- different bits that have happened or, um, you know, different segments. So, I, I mean, if I had to choose, I would probably say... Like a one to three list. Three, I would say probably Chicken Strips and Strippers, which I think was episode 22. And that being is, you know, forget forgetting even just the whole episode. The Dak Prescott bit with the girl that was dating Dak Prescott. I just remember reliving it as I talked it on the podcast and it had just happened to me. So, you know, my emotions were still running high from it. So it was it was so authentic, and I, and I knew exactly how I felt when I found out about Dak Prescott dating her. It just, it was bizarre. Um, yeah, I just, I, I got such a kick out of that. I know that's my dad's probably favorite bit, um, which was just so funny how they, they, they played out. By the way, since that date, just keep in mind, the Cowboys were a sure thing to win the NFC East. Big Bob comes in. They just lost themselves the NFC Championship. No biggie, just something to think about. Um, number two, I, I think number two, I would go with Hey Ma, Welcome to the Pod, episode 25. Clearly, because everybody kind of got a, a, a sense of where I came from and hearing that come from my mom and growing up with me. I think was really cool, not just for me, but for the followers as well, the people who enjoy the pod. I I think that was really cool. And to be quite frank, I didn't expect my mom to be as comfortable on the on the mic as she was. It was scary how she just right when she got the mic, we started recording. She was just right into her groove. Just another day at the office. I mean, so I was so impressed with that, um, and it was so much fun. The reason I put that too is number one, I would have to give the Reach episode. I think it by far got the most traction. It's a stance I feel very strongly on, on getting the Reach when the check comes out. 
you know you're going to pay the bill, but the girl across from you, all we want to see is the guy who knows that we're paying. Just show us some sort of inclination that you're going to pay the bill. We know you're not, but just show some type of anticipation to go out and grab that check. You know, and, and when I when I originally said it, I didn't realize the different people listening to the podcast or the follow-up after that I thought was great. But an episode that definitely got the most traction, and I still have people saying to me, Hey, Rob, you know, I just went on a date. I didn't get the reach. Should I stick with it? Loved the reach episode. Great question. Great way to close out episode 29 here in 2019. Folks, on behalf of myself... Grace Ibrahim, it's been one hell of a fucking ride. It really has. This has been so much damn fun. It, you know, it's a newfound passion for me. This is all I want to do is talk to you fine folks. I just enjoy it so much from episode 1 to episode 29. Coming in hot to 2020. Let's make it a damn good year. Just come in all guns blazing. And in the meantime... We will see you next Tuesday for the first episode of 2020. Folks, thank you. Take care. Thank you for the journey. Let's keep this ship rolling.